your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Hey, yo. What it is, Duke City. Welcome to the program. What program, you ask, Van? Well, of course, that's Two Men On right here on 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. Oh, buddy, do I got a good one for you today. Co-host of Two Men On, Fred Slow, is out on assignment in beautiful and historic St. Louis, Missouri. I think that's how you say it. Is that how you say it, Tyler? I think that's, exa- that's how I say it. Missouri. Don't you bring that Missouri garbage in here? This is a Missouri house. We say Missouri like adults. What? On the other side of the glass, the best in the biz, super producer Tyler Lovely. How you be, young homie? Being super. Thopa dopa? Doing super. You came loaded with some snacks today. I came ready today, man. I ain't eating none today, so. Oh, man. My boy's hungry. It's my breakfast and lunch. I'm having that. I'm having that work lunch where you hit the vending machine. Oh, and just really hit up them Oreo cakesters. So you uh, you got a little upset tum tum in your future because I saw your snacks. I got a banana. Oh, you got a banana in there too. I got a banana, some cheese. Never mind. At least you won't get any cramps. <laughs> on behalf of the banana, <laughs> lucky us. Tyler's not going to cramp up during the program. It's true. I eat good. I feel like I give off the vibe that I do not eat good. Like I'm not eating very good. And well, I get that. There's Oreo cakes. There's- yeah, I saw Oreo cakes and a box of cheese. I was like, oh, he ain't making it through this whole program. A box of cheese is, is harsh. <laughs> he's he's going to have that sugar high from the Oreo cakes. A box of cheese. And implies, then a whole box of cheese. He so much more cheese than is in this studio. A <laughs> box of cheese. He's got a box of cheese. That's crazy. What would you call it? A container? A plastic tubular container? It's a form of Tupperware, right? I think it's uh, non-reusable Tupperware. Right? Because how do we define Tupperware? I don't know. Let's ask my Aunt Janice. If it's a plastic container, then I got that box check. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so much cheese. You're going to split that at least in between two sittings, right? I'm not eating even a third of this right now. That'd be nuts. One of the breaks, I'm going to come and eat some of your cheese. I still feel like we're implying that there's a lot more cheese in this studio than there is. There's so much cheese. <laughs> you are part mouse today. It's like a fistful of cheese. You know who loves the cheese? That's a lot of cheese when I say it like that. Yes, I feel that. That's a fistful of that's cheese. A, a you have, in my estimation, I have normal man-sized hands. Yeah. I have Kenny Pickett, quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, size hands. I have first overall draft pick, quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young-sized hands. That's, that's, and I would say you have two and one-half handfuls of cheese in there. Okay. Of your hands, possibly. Of my normal size human being hands. I got, I got large hands, though. The other day, I palmed a Frisbee. So if that doesn't clarify that, that, that the guy that's palming a Frisbee can eat slightly more cheese. Now, hold on. You palmed a Frisbee? I did it. 
Or like a disc golf disc. And like, I like full-handed that thing. That's impressive. How have I not noticed your giant hands? It was definitely a disc golf. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's still impressive. That's not as impressive, but still impressive. We got a hell of a program for you today, Albuquerque. Cheese notwithstanding. Let's hope Tyler makes it through the program. I am an athlete. We're all the way studio athlete. <laughs> you should see him in there doing crunches and, and burpees on commercial breaks. Working hard. He is a studio athlete. Josh Sushan, voice of the Isotopes, joins us. Not one segment, but two today as we talk some Isotopes baseball and we talk some Aaron Judge is a cheater in the 5 o'clock hour. Got a lot of NFL talk for you today. Got some NBA talk for you today. We got some ping pong ball talk for you today. But I'm going to tell you what. The majority of this program is dedicated to the legacy of May 16th, 2023. This is the most important day in the history of basketball. Why, you ask, Tyler? Oh, I'm going to tell you. Is it because the conference finals start tonight? No. While I am very excited for the GOAT, LeBron James, to go up against who should have been the three-time MVP, the Joker, the King and the Joker, That'd make a good comic book. While as I'm excited for LeBron James and Nikola Jokic to battle in the Western Conference Finals, that's not why. Is it because we got Jimmy Butler going up against Jason Tatum? Two streetball legends? Series starts tomorrow? No, that is not why this is the most important day in the history of the NBA. Is it perhaps maybe there's another Last Dance documentary coming out tonight? Because we all need more Michael Jordan content. No, that is not why. Perhaps is it the anniversary of when Sidney Dean and Billy Hoyle went up against the King and the Duck? And beat them in the mean streets. Street ball in Los Angeles. 20th anniversary of the final battle and white men can't jump. No, that is not why. Today, Tyler, and you know this. You've been thinking about this all day. I know you're a big basketball fan. I could tell by your giant hands. Today decides... The ping pong balls decide who gets to alter their franchise for the history of eternity by winning the draft lottery and selecting the greatest player in NBA history, Victor Wimbayama. If you don't know who Victor Wimbayama is, oh my God, am I excited to tell you. He is from France. He is over seven foot tall. We're not sure how tall he is. Is he seven two? Is he seven three? Is he seven four? Is he seven five? I don't know. Let's put it in the middle. Let's say he's seven three and a half. 
I've seen measurements in between 7'2 and 7'5. Who cares? He's over 7 foot tall. He's 19 years old. He has an 8 foot wingspan. He can shoot threes. Yes, I said it. He is a 7 foot tall dude who can shoot threes. 30% from the field shooting three-pointers as a 19-year-old Frenchman. They don't like the number three. Can I ask you something? Why do we, <laughs> not, why do we not know his height? Because every time I see a measurement, it's different. Some websites he's listed at 7'2". Some websites he's listed as high as 7'5". I don't know if the French measure you in shoes. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Is it too hard to measure over a certain height? We are proud of our shoes in France. We measure our height and shoes. That's some people who love cheese. Are you part French? Is that why you got all that cheese? I am today. <laughs> on our area, Frenchman Tyler Lovely. Two and one half handfuls of cheese. Victor Wimbayama is the truth. He can play defense. He is an offensive powerhouse. He can make any shot on the basketball court. He is not like a newborn baby giraffe. You know, you see those young basketball players. My favorite, Lobo, Sebastian, the Swedish streetball forcing is one of them. They're kind of like a baby giraffe. They haven't grown in their legs yet. This dude has handles. He's got agility. Any shot on the court he can make. He seems like a nice kid. He is smart. He is well-spoken. He hasn't gotten trouble. Oh, guess what? Doesn't go on Instagram live with weapons. It's a great sign. If I'm a front office manager, if I'm a general manager, if I'm the owner of a franchise, like, oh, my God, this guy's so good. What's the catch? Does he go on Instagram live with guns every other week? No. French have very strict gun policy there. It's wildly different here. Seven foot in between two and five. We're going to call it seven, three and a half. Eight foot wingspan. 19 years old in the professional French league. 21 and a half points per game. 10 and a half rebounds per game. Two and a half assists per game. Over three blocks per game. One and a half threes per game. 30% from three. Almost 50% from the field. 19 years old. This dude is insane. LeBron James calls him an alien. Everyone else calls him a unicorn. They do not make him like this. Tyler, you can palm a disc golf disc with one hand. He can palm a basketball with two fingers. Yes, I said it, with two fingers. I can't handle how excited I am to be switching my basketball allegiance to whoever gets to draft this dude. This is the most important day in the history of basketball. We got a friend of the show, Lenny, on the phone. You want to hear something from Lenny? Oh, my goodness. 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal Hotline. When you got a hot take, we'll let you on. And I know Lenny's got some hot takes on the goat, the young French goat. Victor Wimbayama. What's happening, Lenny? Not much. How you doing? Peachy. Well, whoever ends up with him will probably get to the playoffs. 
Immediately. Right around it. This is a unicorn times 10. And if you watched any of his French League games, he dribbles like a six-foot guard and shoots like one, but then can drive from the top of the key to the hole with no effort at all. It takes and him like two steps. It's amazing to watch. And he's not a 200-pounder like Chuck Hongrum. He's 230. And growing. Yes. So he's going to, and also in the French League, they're a little bit more physical than they are in college. So sure. he can take a beating, but this is LeBron James possibly times two. And even LeBron said it. But let's get into Jay Morant, who wasn't already happy with losing $35 million from his upcoming contract sure. because of his suspension, and he didn't get picked for any of the offseason awards or all pros. But he's a dueling idiot. And if he doesn't get at least a half a game, a half a year suspension, then the NBA is just doing a disservice to the league. And he has a chance to end up being the next Roy Tarpley for guns and just be kicked out of the league because he doesn't get it. And the thing is that's sad is he thinks he's Ice Cube. Ice Cube had this persona of growing up in the hood. He didn't grow up in the hood. He was an upper-middle-class kid in the Dallas area. Same thing with Morant. He's not a hood person. He's trying to act like that against street cred. For what? To ruin your career? And then lastly, the Dallas Cowboys for screwing over the Knicks by losing names. I hope your pick ends up at 11 so it goes to the Knicks. And then you don't end up with anything for letting Jalen Brunson go and then the Porzingis trade. I mean, the, the draft, I mean, apart from Victor Wembeyama, who's the prize of all prizes, the Mavs is probably the second biggest talking point. They got in trouble. To me, they got slapped on the wrist. Cuban is made out of money. Because it was the second time, and they didn't even escalate the penalty. What they should have done to him was said, you did it a second time. We're giving the pick to the Knicks, regardless of where it ends up in the draft. And I would have said that for any team. Because Cuban admitted, how do you bench four starters when you're a game out of the playoffs? Sure. So the league just slapped them on the hand again. Agreed. And I would... And Silver just blew the opportunity to set the tone and go, no, you're losing the pick. So if they end up in the top 10, they get a pick. But hopefully it ends up 11 or 14. And then it didn't pay off because right now they have, they'll have no draft pick. And then they have to decide, are we bringing the headache back? Because once Kyrie signs a four-year deal with anyone, guarantees not playing more than 60 games a year. All right, and, and, and beyond, beyond getting a top beyond getting a top ten pick, they have a three percent chance at Victor Wimbayama. Oh, you, they're not getting Victor Wimbayama. Hmm? I, I don't see anyone out of the top three falling out of the number one pick. I, the odds are there. That's why they do it. But when oh, when the Bulls they want to they want to try to make it like the NFL draft, which it's never going to be. You know, so that's why they're putting it on prime time between the two games. But, you know, this isn't – I don't see anyone falling out of it. And then lastly, I'm glad Philly got rid of Doc Rivers because they're trying to keep James Harden. But when are the Knicks going to wake up that Tom Thibodeau isn't going to take them to the promised land? They gave him three years. 
but the Rangers coach, and I know it's a different sport, it's still a New York team, who did the, who the Rangers finished with 110 and 108 points, they got rid of after two. Like you're giving Chippenow now a possible fourth season when you have Nick Nurse, Bootenhoser, and Monty Williams sitting right there for the taking? I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't understand all these successful teams getting rid of their coaches. The three highest winning percentage coaches in the NBA are all gone. I know, but do you think those three aren't better than Thibodeau? I mean, ex- Thibodeau is stuck in his ways, and I don't think he is a great teacher of the younger players. Except for Pop and except for Phil Jackson, I don't know how much a coach makes a difference if you don't have the players. Okay, so Nick Nurse, did he have a really great team when he won the title with Toronto? No, good point. Yeah, that was an above-average team. Let's look at Eric Spolcher. Seven undrafted players on the team, three in the rotation. You don't think that matters? What he's getting out of those players? I'm a Spolcher guy. Okay, let's look at Milwaukee Bullenholzer. Okay, he had a great team, but look what he turned uh, Brooke Lopez into. Defensive player of the year? Or all-defensive team, I should say? And got him to play? Yeah, he lost, but this season was not totally his fault because Chris Middleton really wasn't there. Okay, Monte Williams, I figured, was going to go because you have a new owner who's going to be the next Mark Cuban and want to be all over the media, and he wants his own coach. I mean, this new owner was the one who made the Durant trade and is going to put the, make the team hamstrung for the next three years with all the draft picks they gave up for him and players. Yeah, and I... then you got to get rid of DeAndre Ayton. Oh, agreed. Uh, you, you, uh... Are you, and then are you going to bring back Chris Paul? Yeah. He has $16 million guaranteed of a $32 million contract. So unless you're going to extend him another year and have him play for the 32, you're not going to take it. You shouldn't bring him back. But all those coaches showed they can cultivate a winning culture and, for the most part, have success with younger or undrafted players. That's not been Thibodeau's M.O. ever. He sticks with his uh, veterans, very rarely plays a rookie, and I don't think he's a great teacher. You unpackaged a lot there, Lenny. I'll hit on some coaches. Uh, Thanks for the call. Thanks for being a friend of the show. We're up against the break. Uh, Always hot takes with Lenny. Appreciate you, my dude. I'll, I'll unpackage a little bit of the coaches stuff that Lenny hit on, and we'll talk about Doc Rivers a little bit when we get back. Also, I want to talk to Tyler about how the NBA draft lottery works. See if I can make his brain explode. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Thanks for the call, Lydia. We've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff to unpackage here in the program. I'm going to talk coaching carousel sons and doc rivers at 4:45. so stay tuned i'll uh answer the questions that you hit with us with your hot takes 505-246-0610 hit us up on the sports animal hotline 505-246-0610 oh my god that's the same number hit us up on the sports animals text line 
you don't want to hear your voice on the radio, that's cool. I don't either. I got a weird voice. Somehow it works. Congratulations. All right, Tyler, you ready for this? I'm ready, my man. By the way, uh, if you're listening in the hallway right now, I got the door open. It's a little spicy in here, so I turned the aircon on and opened the door. I know it's hot in here, man. So uh, everybody, uh, don't don't listen to Nelly. Do not follow Nelly's instructions. Okay, we have strict HR policy about taking off all your clothes. I don't know, man. I can't not listen to Nelly. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. I get a lot of my direction from Nelly and Ludacris. It's true, and I can't. I can't disrespect it. I'm sorry if it's getting hot in here. We're taking our clothes off. That's okay. Well, I'm not going to narc you out. Snitches get stitches. I've been in Albuquerque 15 years. I know the drill, brother. Precisely. <laughs> All right. I want to tell you about the NBA draft, Tyler. All right. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do this first. Okay. How do you think it works? The NBA draft lottery by Tyler Lovely. Um, well, my main experience with lottery, mm-hmm. so this is how I'm going to explain it, is that the way the NBA draft lottery goes, okay. if we're going to relate it to my experience with lottery, Excited. the first step to an NBA draft lottery is picking a 7-Eleven that you feel very lucky about. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, like you need to have a good vibe walking in there, and then you just simply walk up to the lady at the counter, you say, can I get a pack of Marlboro Reds and an NBA draft lottery? Oh, you like them cowboy killers? That's right. <laughs> I know you're a cigarette fan. I didn't know you did the Reds. No, nah, I, I do the Reds now. It like it switches. You know, it's always switching. Okay, it's I got you. Switching. So you get your pack of Reds, you get your NBA lottery, you take out your lucky quarter, and you just start scratching. Okay. All right. That's very close. Yeah, is it similar? Not at all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so in my head, right. let me tell you how it worked in Van's head. So I did some research. When I say research, I Googled this 10 minutes before the program. Okay, yeah, that's that's research. So in my head, each team, and you know, the I, I'll tell you the percentages. For example, Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio, the three worst teams in the NBA, all have a 14% chance of the number one pick. Pretty good. Not bad. That's not bad. Goes down to Charlotte. 12.5, Portland 10.5, Orlando 9, Indiana 6, Washington 6, Utah 4, Dallas 3, Chicago 1, down, 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 blah, blah, blah. In my head, I thought there was a bucket of balls, just like when you watch the lottery, the little ping pong balls flying around. Yeah. That maybe Detroit had 14 balls, Houston had 14 balls, or out of 100, extrapolate those numbers, blah, blah, blah. And they got they all got their little basketball logo on them, and then Houston Rockets logo pops up on a ping pong ball. Oh my God, Houston got the first pick! Congratulations! Like oh okay, so Houston can't get the second pick. Next ball comes. Oh my God, congratulations, Detroit Pistons! You got the second pick. Yeah, take out all the Detroit balls. Oh my God, look! Oh 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 my God, the Orlando Magic only a nine percent chance they got the third pick. Oh my God, how lucky! In my head, that's how it's always worked. Boy, was I wrong, Tyler. Oh, man. We're, we're both way off. Okay. Huh? Yeah, we are both way it off. It probably involves like a corgi that picks for them or something. This, right? is, a, this is a corgi-free enterprise. Okay. <laughs> it, he might have been involved, but he was wrong about the, the Golden State Warriors. I was right about the Lakers. Suck it, corgis. Don't get your wisdom from a dog. <laughs> Unless it's Snoop Dogg. All right, here you go. You ready? Are you sitting down? 
Oh, always. Okay. Yeah. Like as much oh, okay, as yes. <laughs> Stupid question on my part. <laughs> 14 ping pong balls numbered 1 through 14 will be placed in a lottery machine. There are 1,001 possible combinations when four balls are drawn out of 14 without regard to their order of selection. Before the lottery, 1,000 of those 1,001 combinations will be assigned to the 14 participating lottery teams. This is nuts. Okay. Let me try to unpackage this for you. Every team, remember we said Detroit, Houston, San Antonio. All right, the three teams on top, 14% chance. So out of 1,001 combinations, 140 of those possible combinations are assigned to these three teams. So any random combination of 1 through 14, okay, the most likely ones are assigned to Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio. I gave you the rest of the teams all the way down to 10 at uh, Dallas with a 3% chance. The damn cheaters. So just using Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio, there is 140 numerical combinations of four different numbers out of 1 through 14 that are assigned to Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio. So the likelihood of the first three picks getting the one through four number combinations out of the numbers one through 14 are assigned to those three teams and then on down the line. (sighs) Crazy. It's crazy. What? That's crazy. (laughs) The what? I feel my scenario with the pretty ping pong balls bouncing around with the team's logo on them is way smarter and more fun. No, you know, I'd prefer the Corgi even over that. <laughs> like, I'm taking the Corgi. Oh, my God. <laughs> just pick the drafts. I'll just let the dogs do it. This is crazy. That's too, it's too much. Okay. The drawing process occurs in the following manner. Okay. All 14 balls are placed in the lottery machine, and they are mixed for 20 seconds. Then the first ball is removed. The, rain, the remaining balls are mixed in the lottery machine for another 10 seconds. Then the second ball is drawn. There is a 10-second mix, and then the third draw, another 10-second mix, and the fourth draw. The team with that assigned combination will receive the number one pick. Okay? All the teams, can this can happen to. Even, uh, oh my God, this went blank. Who's the last one? Even New Orleans, with one half of 1% of a chance, they can have one of those combinations out of a 1,001 different combinations. Everybody is liable to win, okay? If the same team comes up more than once, the result is discarded and another four-ball combination is selected. So this happens for the first four picks. Then after that, it is all by their record and percentage and tiebreakers. So the first four picks. So that takes four business days off the bat. It's going to take a minute. That's insane. It's going to take all day today. But so that's the first four picks. Correct. Just the first four picks. And after that, they fall in the order of the chance that they're going to be in that slot. This all sounds weird, okay? Yeah, I'm so confused. It all sounds very weird. And are you worried? Oh, my God, Van. This sounds so easy. To manipulate, you can just pick any four balls and lie about who gets that four-ball mix. Well, let me tell you, 
a representative from Ernst and Young. Yeah, they like send someone to to monitor that. I Correct. So who is Ernst and Young? You ask me. Ernst and Young is a multinational professional services partnership ha- headquartered in London, England, and it's one of the world's world's largest professional services network. They keep these things accountable. So they oversee lotteries. They oversee, like, large business transactions. They oversee large wire transfers. They're the people who are wildly insured to make sure that none of this goes expletive deletedy. You know what I'm saying? Like they bring in a British dude? Yeah, they got to bring a British guy. You got to bring a British guy. Funny mustache and all. I'm I'm sure he's got a monocle. We can trust him. Probably a cane. I'm just describing the Monopoly man. Mm. So these, uh, the lottery machine is tested for two weeks before every day. So they do fake scenarios every day to make sure that the numbers are all random. None of these balls are weighted. None of these balls are cheated. There's no scratches on them. There's no way that anyone can have a little bit of collusion in this scenario. Uh, the Smart Play Company, free shout out to the lottery machine manufacturer, Smart Play. So they weigh and measure and certify all the ping pong balls before the drawing. So all this stuff is happening right now. And those same Ernst and Young people oversee the whole process, standing right next to the Smart Play Company, standing right next to NBA representatives and NBA Players Association representatives while all of this happens. So none of the teams involved, the commissioner's not involved, the deputy commissioner's not involved, and none of the representatives of the teams can be involved. So the Ernst and Young guys get all of the results, shove them in the envelopes, and put them in their respective spots, and it all gets revealed live. And that happens tonight at 6 o'clock. Is that the most ridiculous but not exciting thing that I've ever described on this program? It's not the most not exciting thing you've ever described <laughs> on this program. It's by far the most ridiculous, though. That's insane. It's a tedious process. I like my version way better. Yeah. I like the lotto scratchers, too. I think we should just be printing little bulls on $3 scratchers and letting <laughs> people draw for it. That's what I think we should be doing. So... Every team, you want every team to sit around a big table with a pack of Marlboro Reds and a 40 of OE. Yes. And then just scratch off the lotto and see who gets Victor Wimbayama. That is precisely how we should do it. It's either that or a roulette wheel. I like a roulette wheel. That's the definitive like definition of random for me. Okay. Yeah. All right. When we get back, I'm going to get you a little NFL quick hitters. A lot of NFL in the news and a lot of NFL quick hitters. Next program, we're talking about the coaching carousel uh, at 4.45 and then 5 o'clock. I'm going to tell you where your favorite NFL team falls on the betting tiers. Where does Vegas think your team is going to end up next year? A lot more sports and sports-adjacent talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Listen to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. Thanks to all the partners and sponsors in the community. We wouldn't be here without you. 
Like we're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Cowell Banker Legacy Studio. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA. I skipped the Y today. I, it was uh, a time crunch, morning and afternoon. I feel so bad. I didn't go to Evolve Strong or YMCA for the first day in a long time. I did get some calisthenics in at the house. You're welcome. By the way, Tyler, the uh, my... My back injury from the the shower loofah accident. That's right. That's right. Van be having shower loofah. It's it's ancient history almost. <laughs> it's lingering, but the the worst of it's over. How do you did you explain that to a doctor or anything? Did you have to explain that to a doctor? I would never explain that to a doctor. Yeah, you can't, right? Like that's that's an ex- you got to come up with something. I I would lie. <laughs> Lunch and a milkshake that goes down at sixty six diner. Throwing Thursdays at ABQX. When we're not at ABQX, we're a red door downtown. Don't miss a second of the New Mexico United away party action at Hollow Spirits in the weekend. That's for Teller Vodka, New Mexico's vodka. NFL quick hitters. Um, Pat McAfee is that dude. Pat McAfee, who, by the way, Friends of the show, thanks for the comps. A lot of people think we're uh, the local Pat McAfee. It's not exactly what we're going for, but thank you for the comp. Appreciate the kind words. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that as a compliment. Pat McAfee joining ESPN in a multi-million deal blockbuster. This is sweet. It's breathing fresh air into boring ESPN. Just having him on the payroll is going to be more fun. I don't know how he's going to filter himself because he's basically a drunk sailor on his program. But he seems to do pretty well. Wait, they said that you guys are the local Pat McAfee? Yeah. You think Pat McAfee's having any loofah incidents? Is that? (laughs) Well, I mean, he's an ex-professional athlete. I'm sure he's going through his own health problems, but... We're different people, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Is this Pat McAfee selling out? Because he said that he would never sell out. He would never join. He would never give up his integrity. He would never take that bag. And I'm I'm not mad at him because he seems like that guy, that he was that rogue, independent guy who always did it his own way. But if you're going to give me hundreds of millions of dollars... By the way, 505-246-0610, would you like to give me hundreds of million of dollars? I will switch a lot of my positions. I am fluid. And when I say fluid, it's only for United States currency. I have a lot of character and integrity, not when it comes to you paying for your services. Except for our wonderful friends at Teller Vodka. It's a, a product I actually liked before this. Devontae Adams is on his his jam. In the span of two days, he calls out the Raiders' offense from being boring and not tailored to him, despite him having 100 catches, over 1,500 yards receiving, and 17 touchdowns. Oh, buddy, what else do you want? He calls out the Raiders' offense the day, the day after, saying that he doesn't need... Aaron Rodgers to be elite. First team all pro wide receiver Devontae Adams said, I don't need Aaron. I can do it on my own. 
And he did. So good for him. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow be that dude. The Joe Burrow Foundation pays for 20 Cincinnati families to receive mental health treatment. I got a lot of thoughts on this. Most of this would be political talk, but I'm going to do a quick hitter. Uh, Where's the insurance? Ohio. Why does Joe Burrow have to pay for 20 families to receive mental health treatment? Ohio government, United States government. Why does Joe Burrow have to take care of our citizens? They can't afford mental health treatment. Everything that we got going on in this country right now, not going to go into it hard, but you know what I'm talking about. All comes down to mental health. Joe Burrow has to be our savior. Joe Burrow has to be Batman. Kind of ridiculous. When we get back, we're talking about the NBA coaching carousel, Doc Rivers, Sun situation, all the best coaches in the NBA not having gigs, even though they're all successful. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sport. Welcome back, Duke City. Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Coaching carousel in the NBA. Uh, Sorry for all the success you've had, Mike Budenholzer, Monty Williams, Nick Nurse. You're fired. (laughs) The three coaches with the three highest winning percentages in the last five years are all out of a job. Mike Budenholzer won over seven out of ten games the last two years. Fired. Giannis Antetokounmpo got hurt in the series, and the Miami Heat upset them. That is not his fault. Mike Budenholzer is not a physical trainer. Mike Budenholzer is not the strength and conditioning coach. Mike Budenholzer is not Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He cannot keep Giannis Antetokounmpo from getting hurt in the first round of the playoffs. It's not his fault. He's out of a job. Guess what? He won't be unemployed for very long. Nick Nurse, champion, fired. Monty Williams, the best winning percentage in Suns history, fired. Doc Rivers, (laughs) the best three-year run without winning the championship in Sixers history, fired. Doc Rivers, who got his team up 3-2, to two, and then James Harden and Joel Embiid started playing like your two fattest uncles at the YMCA, and he got fired. Joel Embiid and James Harden played worse than any two professional basketball players have ever played in game six and seven, and he took the brunt of it. I'm not saying Doc Rivers is some NBA genius who deserves praise. There shouldn't be universal outrage that Doc Rivers got fired. He had the MVP on his team. He had a former MVP on his team. You think that'll get you to at least the conference finals. Came up short every year. That's still not enough. Also, you can't win without the best players playing well. 
Jason Tatum put up a 51 spot in Game 7. That is the most points ever scored in the history of the NBA in Game 7. A perennial MVP candidate had the best game in the history of NBA Game 7s, and your superstars choked. Is there some magic thing that Doc Rivers could have said to James Harden and Joel MVP'd? No. These are adults. They're professional basketball players. You're not inspiring children. You're not a high school basketball coach who's trying to conjure up that miracle speech. This isn't Hoosiers. These guys are professional athletes. Joel MVP'd was the second-team All-NBA the last two years. First-team All-NBA this year. MVP this year. Scoring champion this year. And he choked. Your MVP choked. He missed shots that he was supposed to make. You set him up for success, and he choked. But you still got fired. Doc did nothing wrong. I don't think he's a basketball genius. I don't think he's Greg Popovich. I don't think he's Phil Jackson. But should did he deserve to be fired because his players choked? I don't think so. Who are they going to replace him with? Mike Budenholzer, who just got fired for doing the exact same thing? For having a good regular season with your MVP candidate and your MVP candidate underperformed and you got fired, you're going to place them with the exact same coach in the exact same situation? Good job. Monty Williams, CP3 got hurt. DeAndre Ayton got hurt. You had to roll with KD all by himself. Didn't deserve it. Stick with these guys. You can't do any better. There's not 30 Greg Popoviches out there. You got to blame it on somebody. Ain't going to blame it on Joel Embiid. I am. When we get back, we continue our talk on the greatest day in the history of the NBA. Which day, you ask? Oh, today, right now. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. So much as and good timing's like a boy. DJ Tyler Lovely on the ones and twos. Yes, sir. Did the Molly just kick in? What is this music all about? Bro, I'm the only DJ out here working for EBT. <laughs> DJ EBT. DJ EBT. DJ Snap Benefits. <laughs> DJ Box of Cheese. <laughs> How far you got into that box of cheese? I ain't even touched it yet. What? To be I touched half a cakester. That's how far we half are so far. Yeah, half a cakester. Okay. Yeah. You know who loves cheese? The French. The French. Biggest day in NBA history today continues. Celebrating here on Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate Coal Banker Legacy Studio. We play on Team I-9. We start our days, the YMCA. Lunch and a milkshake, that goes down at 66 Diner. Throwing Thursdays at ABQX, the boys give you $7.50 off per person, per lane, per hour. 
It's a deal. It's a steal. Can't give it up. When we're not at ABQ Axe Thursdays, that goes down downtown at Red Door Brewing. And it's not, it's not just beer there, by the way, boys. I don't mind telling you, friends of the show. Full bar, cocktails, food, delicious. Don't miss any of the New Mexico United watch party action at Hollow Spirits. In the weekends, that's for Teller Vodka, New Mexico's Vodka. The NBA draft lottery in one short hour to see who gets the rights to draft the greatest prospect in NBA history. Those aren't my words. Adrian Wojnahisku of ESPN says he is the best prospect in NBA history. Also, those are my words. But they're also Adrian Wajina Jahiba Joskajewski's. Oh, you are just not doing last names today. That's <laughs> <laughs> so hard. There's so many letters. I got Wimby's name, though. You put some respect on that Frenchman's name. Oh, yeah, you must get his name. Victor Wimby. <laughs> Tyler. Have you ever opened up a baguette and the steam just came out and hit you right on the nose? Victor Wambayama is better. (laughs) Tyler, have you ever stuck the most perfectly cooked frog leg into your mouth and bit down? Wimby is better. Frog legs are pretty good, man. You frog leg guy? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Have you had uh, the most beautiful plastic container of cheese? <laughs> cheese that set your soul on fire? You remember that bite of cheese, Tyler? Victor Wembeama's better. Michael Jordan, garbage. Victor Wembeama is better. Have you ever had the perfect nap in the middle of this Sunday afternoon? Hmm? Tyler, have you? <laughs> Tyler. Oh, I've been there. Victor Wembeyama's better. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> have you ever had the perfect glass of a French Sauvignon Blanc? Oui, oui. Victor Wembeyama? He's better. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever verbally assaulted a really bad waiter? <laughs> it is the best day of my life. Still not as good as Victor Wimbayama. You ever sucked a snail, an escargot, out of the shell, Tyler? The perfect snack. <laughs> Victor Wimbayama is better. You ever looked, gazed deeply into the eyes of a beautiful woman and then subtly rammed your tongue into her mouth, Tyler? They call it the French kiss. You'll never guess. Victor Wimbayama <laughs> is better. The greatest player in the history of NBA. <laughs> Nothing is as good as Victor Wimbayama. That was beautiful. LeBron James is a hobo. 
Rudy Gobert, he's pretty good too. Victor Wimbayama sweepstakes are tonight. 505-246-0610. Who is going to get the new GOAT? There's a third man in the GOAT conversation. If you are older than me, your answer is Michael Jordan. If you are younger than me, your answer is LeBron James. If you are currently in high school or college, your answer is going to be Victor Wimbayama guaranteed to be on Rushmore of basketball. And some lucky team is going to get this dude tonight. I've never been more excited. Is it going to be my hometown Houston Rockets? Am I going to jump back on the Rockets bandwagon? Tyler, I've never wanted anything more in my life than a red and yellow Rockets throwback jersey with Victor Wimbayama's name and number on it. I want it so bad. I feel like Robert Johnson about to sell my soul at the crossroads to learn how to play the blues guitar. I will do that for a throwback Victor Wimbayama jersey. You would sell your soul? Yes, I am very cheap. I can be had easily, Tyler. That'd be so awful if you did sell your soul, given how in the prospects it possibly is for that to happen and you sold your stole and it just went down anyway that way this is going to happen the four number combination out of 1001 possible number combinations of the numbers 1 through 14 that were assigned to the Houston Rockets that was professionally uh, oversaw by Ernst and Young British professionals that combination of numbers that were won by the Houston Rockets to give them the number, number one draft pick and select Victor Wimbayama with the number one pick overall. That scenario, is that what you're referring to? That is all you got to do. <laughs> That's so easy. <laughs> and then I just order the jersey. Simple. Oh, okay. I won't sell my soul then. Never mind. <laughs> you're so smart. Thank you. All you got to do. You saved me an eternity of fire and brimstone. Thank you for being so logical and reasonable. You're going to sell your soul. You just got to be tampering with these ping pong balls. I, I know, man. I need to up the stakes a little bit. I'm going to sell my soul. It's got to be a lot better than a Victor Wimbayama throwback Rockets jersey. Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, all at 14%. The Charlotte Hornets, 12.5%. Portland Trailblazers, 10.5%. Orlando Magic, 9%. Indiana, 6.8%. Washington, 67 Utah, 45 Dallas, 3 Chicago, 1.8%. Oklahoma City, 1.7%. Toronto, 1%. New Orleans, one half of 1%. A chance to get the greatest player in the history of the NBA. Don't at me. I am getting some angry texts. <laughs> Deserved. Deserved angry texts. Don't act. Don't act like if you're one of these 14 teams with a chance of Victor Wimbayama, you're not sitting there on the floor in your house right now on your knees with your hands clasped together, resting gently on your forehead or chin, praying to our Lord and Savior, JC on the sea, that it happens to you. This is a franchise-altering day. This is the most important day in the history of the NBA. Your fandom all depends on it. 
He's going to be one of the bottom four. I don't mind telling you, Tyler, when the Chicago Bulls got Derrick Rose with the number one draft pick, Derrick Rose never got hurt. He's he's top ten player all time. I'm going to say it. They only had a one and a half percent chance. It can happen. Chicago, 1.8%. Oklahoma City, 1.7%. Toronto, 1%. New Orleans, one half of 1%. Could you imagine the New Orleans Pelly Boys? The New Orleans Dirty Birds? The New Orleans Water Pigeons? Could you imagine if they're one and they're one half of 1% chance? The only city in the United States of America that speaks French. They got the Frenchman. That would be insane. I love this storyline. Their new logo is just a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) The New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the really thin mustache arena. (laughs) if he goes to canada every single american team misses him but toronto at one percent the canadians get him do we storm canada right after that absolutely do we invade canada if victor wimbayama doesn't go to the united states team i say yes forget helping ukraine we are invading canada if victor wimbayama goes to Toronto, which is basically just Buffalo with better health care. Oklahoma City at 1.7%? Nah, they kind of deserve it. I'm not going to talk crap about Oklahoma City. You got it bad enough. You're like the Dust Bowl Detroit, Oklahoma City. Chicago? I could see them pulling a coup. I could see the NBA cheating and giving them to Chicago. That is not outside of the realm of possibilities. It's only how you tamper the ping pong balls. That's it. Well, Ernst and Young. True. They're there to protect that tomfoolery. It's true. It's hard to fool a Brit. Anybody can be bought, though, Tyler. I don't mind telling you. Mm. Indiana. Basketball Mecca, 6.8%. They deserve it. Like, real talk. Throw Indiana a bone. Indiana, fun fact, the only basketball franchise to never have a number one pick play on their team. Never been a number one overall pick drafted by Indiana or played for Indiana. How about now? How about now, Pacers? Indiana? Portland? They don't deserve anything. Never mind. I mean, Detroit, throw Detroit a bone. They were the worst team in the NBA. You could tell they were tanking on purpose. Detroit, Houston, San Diego, Charlotte, like after week two of the year, you could tell what they were doing. They did it on purpose. I don't care. Give them to my Rockets. I'm into it. I'm so excited. I've never been more excited in my life about anything basketball. Tonight, who gets to draft Victor Wimbayama? Six o'clock, we'll give you some play-by-play. When we get back, what does Vegas think about your football team? NFL betting tiers when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. 
Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Burke. Captain Kirk. Or just Albuquerque. You can call it, call it by its proper name. You feeling fancy? Say the whole thing. Albuquerque. It's nice. You say Captain Kirk? The Kirk. <laughs> the Kirk, baby. The Kirky. Kirk. That's amazing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> the Cinco Cero Cinco. NFL Futures put out, you know, Vegas updates these numbers. Who's going to win the next Super Bowl? You can bet any time of the year. You can bet multiple years away. NFL Futures are fun to bet. I rarely do it. I like betting on the weekend. I need that I need that action in the moment. I got to have that that little tingle. I got to have that action. But if you're a if you're a patient man, you're willing to play the long con. The NFL futures are here for you. And I'm going to break down NFL futures bets on who's getting the most action. Not where they're ranked, not the odds, who's getting the most action. And right now, as of now, the odds are almost exactly ranked like the futures are ranked. Tier one in a tier all by themselves, the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid and almost a decade of success. Chiefs number one, duh. Oh, by the way, Albuquerque, call you by your full proper name. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Kansas City Chiefs are in a tier all by themselves. Tier two. And this is getting the most heat in Vegas. I'm not talking about, again, we're not talking about the odds. This is getting the most action. Bills, number two. I love Josh Allen as well. A lot of people believe in the Bills. I had uh, I picked the Bills last year. Uh, I got close, but I was wrong. Eagles, Super Bowl losers. Apparently, they had a really good draft. If you don't count Jalen Carter's antics, acting a fool out here, he's still a good football player. Got a steal where they got him in the draft. They still like Philadelphia's defense despite all the departures. Coming in at number four, the Bengals. So we're going to stop it right here. Kansas City Chiefs number one, two, three, and four. We'll call that the second tier, getting the second most money. Bills, Eagles, Bengals. I love Bengals. Joe Burr, I think despite a healthy Lamar Jackson, they should cruise in their division, win it, have an easy road to the playoffs. If they go in healthy, Joe Burr stays healthy. They could, they got as good a chance as anybody. This tier, the third tier, numbers 5 through 10, this is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets a little spicy. Surprise, surprise, coming in at number 5, San Francisco 49ers. 
smart money. I would have put 49ers in the next tier up. I think they're that good. I don't think it matters who the 49ers quarterback is. Offensively and defensively, I think they got the best roster top to bottom. You put an, uh, you put a competent quarterback on the Niners, they got as good a chance as anybody. That's not the Kansas City Chiefs. And here's my biggest surprise right here coming in at number six, getting the sixth most action of any team in the NFL. The newly acquired Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets above teams like Cowboys, Dolphins, Chargers, Ravens, Lions, Jags, weirdo Russell Wilson and the Broncos, Geno Smith and the Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings, my Green Bay Packers. The Jets have the sixth most action of any team right now. I don't know if that's smart money from gamblers, experts, or if this is all Jets fans betting money on Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets to win next year's Super Bowl. Number seven, and we're just going to do one through ten. Everyone else is going to be in the middle. Number seven, getting the seventh most money. Surprise, surprise. This is our year the Dallas Cowboys. The two most delusional fan bases back-to-back, Jets and Cowboys, six and seven. I root for the Cowboys every year. The NFL is more fun when the Cowboys are good, when they're relevant. But again, the Cowboys are fool's gold until they get rid of that loser Dak Prescott and put in our ginger savior, Cooper Rush. Coming in at eight, And I think these guys have as good a shot as anybody. If Tua stays healthy, your Miami Dolphins, Albuquerque, have as good a shot as anybody that aren't the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming in with the eighth most action, the Miami Dolphins. Rounding out the top ten, the Chargers and the Ravens. Chargers, every year, they disappoint you. Sorry, Chargers fans out there. They get to the cusp, they tease you, and they disappoint you. Justin Herbert, be that dude, but they always choke when it matters, whether it's bad offensive play calling, bad timeouts or whatever by their coach. If they don't have the best personnel to take them to the next level, your Chargers coming in at number nine with the ninth most action. Number 10, surprise, surprise, I thought they'd be right in this area. Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, be that dude. He's the truth. If he can stay healthy for a whole year, Baltimore Ravens can cause some problems in next year's playoffs. I love the 11th spot. uh, spot. Everyone's high on the Detroit Lions, just like I am. Uh, My boy Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jags go up in 12th. Then we got Broncos, Seahawks, and then for whatever reason, I'm assuming this is all idiot Cleveland Browns fans. Number 15th, most action, Cleveland Browns. And it falls off pretty precipitously from there. Uh, Then everyone else kind of, I'll just say it, doesn't have a chance. That's where the money's at. Overwhelmingly Chiefs. And then pretty close to each other, Bills, Eagles, Bengals. And then the middle tier, which is all pretty smart money. Niners, Jets, meh. Cowboys, meh. And then pretty strong Dolphins, Chargers, Ravens. There you go, gamblers. That's where the money's at. 
That's where the odds are at. When we get back, voice of the isotopes, Josh Sushan joins us talking a little baseball. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Friend of the show, Dennis, hit me with a hot take. A sports animal text line. We're talking about Victor Wimbayama's potential landing spot. Could it be the most French city, New Orleans? Could it be the most French-friendly city in Canada? Be a lot of options here in this NBA draft lottery, and uh, I think he might have hit me with the cheat code. Tyler, I don't mind telling you. He said, what about Paris, Texas? Oh, that's it. That's it, right? Paris, Texas just so happens to be the closest city to, drumroll please, the Dallas Mavericks with the 3% chance in the 10 spot. Is this a sure thing? He goes from Paris to Paris? I don't know. I'm kind of feeling that. I'm kind of feeling that. I might drop some money on this. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's the Rockets. It's my Rockets for it's sure. <laughs> <laughs> on the Sports Animal Hotline right now, you know him, you love him, friend in real life, friend of the show, the legend, voice of the isotopes. We're going to talk some baseball. Josh Sushan, welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you very much. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, but... Trying to turn up the crowd mic here. You sound great, man. Oh, wait, hold on. Here we go. Oh, I just turned it up way too much. This is terrible <laughs> engineering on my part. <laughs> the song that's being played right now is The Boys Are Back in Town. Oh, so excited. Let's see if I can do this better. There we go. You got that? Oh, I got you. I'm that's with it. you now. That's it. that's it. Yeah, boys are back in town for two weeks. The boys are back in town. How legendary. We're going to hit a lot of isotopes. In the next segment, but the, the the attendance at the lab, Rio Grande Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park, a.k.a. the lab, is always fantastic. Where it is not is the Oakland County Coliseum. Oh, boy. Where they hit the low watermark of low watermarks yesterday as the announced attendance for the Oakland Athletics yesterday a professional kind of major league baseball team was 2,064 human beings. They say the actual attendance was somewhere around 1,400. How pathetic is that? You know, at a certain point, what's it has nothing to do with the interest in the, of, of the fans in the team. Right. Let's be clear. This sure. is right. Oakland A's fans, passionate fan base, passionate fan base. It, at a certain point, when someone constantly keeps saying we're leaving you, then why are you going to show up? Right. If they're if they're not putting a good product on the field, there's only like six or seven guys who are making more than a minimum, and they have the worst record in the league, and it's an old ballpark that it's an old multi-purpose stadium that has been old for well over a decade. And when the current ownership group shows no interest in making the current situation as good as it can be, and every two weeks has a new plan for 
for what they're going to do in Las Vegas. It's not surprising that the attendance is this bad, but it's not the it's not that there is an interest in the team. When I was growing up in the Bay Area and when my family had season tickets, the A's were in the top three in attendance in Major League Baseball and the top three in payroll in Major League Baseball. Yeah, they uh, they set uh, a record temporarily when they paid off Ricky and the Bash brothers. I mean, the place was packed all the time. It was 30,000 on a Tuesday night. It was 45,000 on weekends. And they didn't just need the Yankees and Red Sox to draw that many. Um, again, the the A's were once in the top three in attendance in Major League Baseball in the late 80s and early 90s when they had local ownership that cared, that invested in the community, that invested in the team, that had high-profile guys that kept those high-profile guys by signing them to extensions. They signed Jose Canseco to a lengthy contract. They brought back Ricky Henderson. They had hometown hero Dave Stewart, and they invested in him. They gave him a bunch of money. They gave Dennis Eckersley a bunch of money after they resurrected his career. They went out and got Dave Henderson and all these other great veterans, Bob Welch, Dave Parker, you name it, Don Baylor. They brought Reggie Jackson back. Like All of these great players they had, and that was a previous ownership. And this current ownership has no desire to do anything like that to give the fans a reason to show up. Well, that brings me to my next question, Josh, that with the Oakland A's fans, the the people of the Bay Area, they've spoken. They want nothing to do with this franchise anymore. Do you, I mean, and the A's are in a deal with the Tropicana. They're going to demolish the Tropicana, put the field where the Tropicana is, and put a new Tropicana across the street. It's already done. The money's in there. They just haven't changed jerseys yet. Do you I don't just... think it's done. No, I don't think it's done. I disagree with you. They, they, they still need the legislature in Nevada to approve $395 million, and they still have a lot in the language about who's going to own it and who's going to lease it and what the, whether they're going to lease it or rent it. They are, this is not even close to being a done deal. Yeah, I remember I... three weeks ago they had a separate deal that was at a different location that they said was done, and that wasn't done. Yeah, I, I think the Vegas money, they just print money there. So I, 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 to me, I think it's a done deal. But you, you're right. I mean, you got to get the legislation. you got to get it on paper. But do the A's just expedite the process and start playing at the minor league field in Vegas so they can have fans playing at their baseball games? So the commissioner of baseball has been asked that question, and he said he thinks it's doable. Um, the A's still have a lease at the Oakland Coliseum through next year. Now, maybe the city of Oakland says, fine, we'll let you out of it. Get out. We're sick and tired of you. Um, I was told, since we were just in Las Vegas, I was told that if the Major League team and the AAA team both had to use the same facility, then they would take out the grass and put in field turf because there's no way in that heat that you could play a game basically every single day for six months, plus all the other events that they do there. There's just no way that the field would hold up, so they'd have to do field turf. But when they built it, they didn't build it with the expectation that a Major League Games would be there, but they built it with three clubhouses, so you could have a home clubhouse for each team, and then whatever the visiting team is would have, like, their visiting clubhouse. Mm -hmm. So it was built with that. I still think there's some other infrastructure things that you would need to do around there, and it would be a race to get that done in time for the start of 2024. If any city can do that, it's Las Vegas. Um, You know, there's some other factors, though, too. I mean, like, the previous deal that they had in Las Vegas was with the Red Rock uh, Casino Corporation. Right. And they're no longer in business with them now. It's yeah. Tropicana. Oh, by the way, the Red Rock Casino is across the street from the ballpark. That's where all the visiting AAA teams stay. That's the Howard Hughes Corporation that owns all of Summerland. There's a, there's a lot of people who are going to have a say before this could be done. Um, you know, having just been there in Las Vegas, 
there's not it's not like people are super excited about the ace coming there now they they like the idea of major league baseball coming there um, I'm of the mindset that a I think it might be in their best interest to just rebrand. New colors, new uniforms, new nickname. Same. New, like, new merchandise. Same. And treat it like... It's basically an expansion team right now. Yeah. And, and this way, you're not... You're not... This way, it's just easier to... to, to and, and this pains me to say this as a kid who grew up as an Oakland Ace fan and, again, was a season ticket holder of just throwing away that history. So my heart says you can't do that. But my brain says with the lack of enthusiasm for the team and how the residents just want an expansion team more than they want the A's, then maybe that is the better way. I say we do Montreal, Mexico City, Nashville, and Las Vegas tomorrow. So <laughs> Expand it, it, baseball. So it, Here's the other thing. If, if the A's can't play in Oakland next year or don't want to play in Oakland and this whole sharing a AAA facility doesn't work, um, or even if it's like, okay, you can share the AAA facility with the major league team, but I'd kind of put both teams a little bit on tour. Not a full-on like barnstorming sure. Savannah Bananas, but anytime that you're going to play games in Mexico City or wherever, they should go there. Like anytime there's an opportunity to let the grounds crew just kind of like get a break, you know, for a week. And they're going to play a few extra games on the road, whether that's the AAA team, whether that's, you know, and again, whether like, hey, we're going to play games in, in, in Nashville or in Portland or Salt Lake City or Charlotte or these other places, Montreal, where they're, where they're trying to drum up interest. I would kind of send them quasi on tour to do as many of those games as possible. I, I love that so much. That's a great idea. I'm on board. Uh, from the AL West to the AL East, for about an hour last night, we almost had a bombshell controversy. You know me, the Astros fan. I'm always looking to include other players and other teams in our disgusting cheating so I could point my fingers and say, yes, you guys too. And there was a second last night where I thought Aaron Judge was going to be a future Astro and he was looking into the dugout and cheating when he dropped a bomb against the Blue Jays. Were, were you paying attention to this right when it happened last night? No, I was not. I actually didn't get word of that until this morning. So by the time that I started to watch the video, I'd seen the rational thoughts come to the forefront. <laughs> That's no fun. I who know. Want, who wants to be rational and reasonable when we could have brand-new cheaters like Aaron Judge and the Yankees involved in my horrible fandom of the Astros? But... There was a split second where the Blue Jays thought they were tipping pitches and they were looking around for cameras and people were like, the, the Blue Jays manager came out and said, what's going on in that dugout? Why does he keep looking into the dugout? Uh, and if it wasn't for uh, a really bad blown call and um, Aaron Boone having to come out and, and, and subsequently getting thrown out, the truth might not have came out and it would all be conjecture. But calmer, calmer hands per, heads prevailed, and Aaron Judge made a statement after the game that his dugout was acting a fool, and he was keeping an eye on him to make sure he knew who to scold later. <laughs> so a couple of things. Number one, most of your friends of the show know this, but for those who don't, there, there's this thing called pitch calm now, right? 99% of pitchers use it. They do not look in for the signs. They're, the idea of like the catcher flashing signs does not exist. They have a device. Right? These days it's on their right knee. It used to be on their left arm. They press a button. There's a speaker inside the cap of the pitcher, right. and the pitcher hears fastball away or slider, change up, whatever. So because of that, it's almost impossible to steal signs, right? Because the, I, I just don't know how you could do it. 
Now, that is stealing signs. The other part, though, is tipping pitches. And tipping pitches is very legal and yep. should be done by everyone. Mm-hmm. If as a pitcher, you know, I've seen it many times where, like, someone expands their glove wider because they need to reach in to get a change-up grip or a, a split-finger grip. And so they spread their fingers out wider, and that's where you kind of know, or you can just see they're kind of, like, digging in. Sometimes their elbow goes up higher because they're trying to get a good grip. And if you can spot that, whether it's you as the batter or as the first base coach, and you can spot that, and then you can do something, you should do that, and that is totally legal. And that should be celebrated if, if you can spot someone who's tipping their pitches. I agree completely. I can talk baseball with you all day, Josh Sushan. I'll tell you what. Let's do it one more segment. What do you say? Let's do it. When we get back, more baseball talk and isotopes talk. Oh, old Bob Walpo just walked in the studio. Hey, Bobo, how's it going? You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. More baseball talk. One of my favorite questions to ask you, oh, by the way, Duke City, if you didn't know already, you're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. One of my favorite questions to ask you and anybody involved in the Isotopes organization, the players we have on the show, when we're at Rio Grande Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park, a.k.a. the lab, is... Who is must-see TV? Who is the player that Isotopes fans, that friends of the show, have to catch before they're gone? And one of the most popular answers all beginning of the year is Brenton Doyle. This guy is too good. He's not going to be on the Isotopes for very long. And now he's on the Colorado Rockies, and he is absolutely crushing it. Yeah, two homers yesterday. He's made sliding catches, running catches. He's thrown someone out at, at home. You know, he's, you know, he was he was this Division Two guy, and the 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 word about him they always used was toolsy. And I make it, I, I like to make a joke that you know, if someone calls you a tool away from the baseball field, it's not good. Sure. But but if you're on a baseball field and they say he has a lot of tools, then that's that's a really good thing. You know, because it means he can do it all: hit for average, hit for power, throw, catch, steal, everything. Um, yeah, he 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 ain't coming back. I hope I hope people saw him because he ain't coming back <laughs> unless it's on an exhibition game. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. He he's got it all. I mean, toolsy is the word. Forty nine at bats for Albuquerque this year. Three hundred average, four hundred on base, six six thirty slugging, over one OPS. I'm dorking out here. I know uh, five homers and only including one, a walk off. Including a walk off. Only one steal. He wasn't let loose. 48, almost the same at bats. Six steals. He's still got the power. He's still got the glove. He's still got the pop. But they're letting him loose on the base pass, too. Like, this is so fun to watch. Yeah, and you know, the Rockies really don't have anybody else who can run. And so he really fields a, a void for them from that end. Um you know, and I think it's really easy to get caught up in, oh, it's course Field, and you can just so easily hit home runs, and why would you take the chance of getting thrown out on the bases, you know, when you can score so many runs? But I actually think that the athletic guys are even more important in Denver because you want to just constantly keep putting pressure on the other team. Right. And so scoring from first on doubles and scoring from second on singles and moving the infielders around, not to mention all the ground that he can cover in center field. When the Rockies were, were at their best in the, you know, the, even during the Blake Street Bombers days in, in the in the mid-90s to late 90s, they had a bunch of guys who were going 30-30 every year, you know? And, you know, the, the team that went to the, the World Series in 2007, they had a bunch of speedy guys, too. 
that, that were on that roster. They weren't just wait, sitting around waiting for walks and three-run homers. They, they could do it all. And, and, and I think the Rockies need to continue to identify those kind of players. And I think that Doyle is just a really good player for them because of all that. Uh, Tyler, we might bleed over a little bit here, so heads up. Uh, Tacoma Rainier's in town for six. Uh, this is uh, two of the best weeks of the year. We got Tacoma in town for six. Following week, Round Rock in town for six. How do the boys stack up against these two teams? Well, Tacoma's a team that's also struggling, and, uh, you know, they've lost back-to-back series. You know, um, whenever the, these these C-level teams come to Albuquerque, it's always interesting to see, like, how their offense responds when they come here to this high altitude. Uh, I think this is a critical week for the Isotopes just to get their mojo back, right? I mean, just a ton of roster movement, right? Fernando Abad gets called up, and Michael Tolley gets called up, and Brian Servin is now back down, and Jonathan Daz is back down. A bunch of guys come off the injured list today. And so it's almost like there's a lot of like introdu- there's a ton of introductions being made in, in the clubhouse today. So a lot of people getting situated with, with uniforms and what pants do you want and, and you know what uniform number you're going to wear and all that kind of stuff. And so it was a very hectic day. And so I think that this becomes it's really nice that we're home for all of this roster movement and just to see if the boys can kind of get into a groove at home you can get your work done at your pace you know that it's not just one week you know that it's two weeks here you got a team like tacoma that's also under 500 and then you got round rock a team that was the second best team in the league and then they played the best team in the league and they got swept six straight at home buddy so we'll see how round rock responds to that when they come here next tuesday so it's an interesting two weeks who's on the pregame josh um, our manager, Pedro Lopez, it's a Tuesday. I always talk to him. He, he gave me a lot of details about how he wanted to tell Fernando Abad and, um, and Riley Pink that they were going to the major leagues and why he couldn't get creative. <laughs> huh. And then we also talked about Nolan Jones. You mentioned must watch guy. Yeah. Now it's, it's Nolan Jones. He had a throw from right field that was clocked at 101 miles per hour when we were in Las Vegas. On the fly, from right field, and they clocked it at 101 miles an hour. And he leads our team in average on base percentage and slugging percentage. There you go. Get your eyes. We told you about Brenton Doyle. Now we're telling you about Nolan Jones. Get your eyes on this kid before he's a Rocky. Uh, Have a great call tonight, Josh. Thank you so much. When we get back, I got some short notice for you here, Tyler. In honor of the A's eventually going to Vegas, we're going to do the I-9 varsity of moves. It could be anything you want. I-9 varsity of moves when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal.